Hi, this is Hank Garrett. You're listening to TV Confidential. And Robert Smith, a reminder that Donzelay Abernathy will join us at the top of the hour. Please stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us to take a look at recently released titles on DVD, Blu-ray, and streaming on demand that we think you'll find of interest. Greg, of course, is a two-time Grammy-nominated and multiple Addy Award-winning writer for television, animation, advertising, and publishing for Disney, Warner Brothers, and Universal. He is also co-author, along with Tim Hollis of Mouse Tracks, the story of Walt Disney Records. You can enjoy Greg's animation spin column twice a month at cartoonresearch.com. For more information about Greg, go to gregairbar.com. Greg, what do you have for us tonight? Well, I want to start with one of the most historically significant programs in the history of television. And of course, what springs to everybody's mind, but of course, the Flintstones. The very first primetime situation comedy animated 30-minute show. It was, they say at the time, it was the first adult cartoon. Well, it was the first family series that had a, a air of sophistication to it. Though Hanna-Barbera's shows, even in daytime, had more of an air of sophistication, like Huckleberry Hound, things like that. People uh, forget that there were colleges that were making Huckleberry Hound their mascot in 1950, 59 and 60 because those shows were pretty savvy for their day. Uh, maybe not as savvy as Rocky and Bullwinkle, but they were. They were kind of a wink to the audience and, and sharp. But The Flintstones was a, um, a sharply scripted, extremely well-acted uh, show, and it had some of the greatest animators working on it that came from all of the major studios, because Hanna-Barbera, in a way like Walt Disney in the 30s, because there were a lot of animators in the Depression who had uh, come out of uh, not having any work. So he had a lot of fine artists that uh, were looking for work, and he gave them jobs. In the same situation, Hanna-Barbera had come out of working for MGM, and the other artists had also been losing their jobs because the short subject industry ended in, in theatrical. And so you had these fantastic artists that were doing cartoons that while they were not as fluid and as elaborate as theatrical cartoons they had elements of brilliance in them and if you really watch them and on blu-ray you really see this with the flintstones the poses the nuances the eye movements the especially in the early shows but they're still there in the later shows too and then the script writers that came in joanna lee who wrote quite a bit of them she was an acclaimed writer in the 70s for the TV movies that she wrote. She wrote a lot of very serious themed TV movies on relevant topics. But she was writing sitcoms for like Gilligan and things like that in the 60s. She wrote quite a few very good Flintstone episodes. Then you had some former Honeymooners writers working on it, a lot of, uh, a lot of people who came out of radio. And so it was the best of all possible worlds and it just worked. And now being able to see the Flintstones on Blu-ray, pristine, or as pristine as it could possibly be at this given time, let me put it that way, it glows. It, you can see the artwork on the plastic cells. Uh, you can see the texture of the backgrounds. You can see it right there. It is a painterly and an artfully piece of work. 
in this day of things being drawn, but then rendered and then made into electronic models and then made into perfection um, to the point where they're almost taken out of the human hand. Here are cartoons that are simply cartoons and you're seeing pictures. And when you see them in Blu-ray, there's so much more obviously drawings, but they're moving drawings. It's a very exciting thing to see. You can see the you can see the paint moving around, but you can also see the beautiful color styling. These people knew what they were doing. The backgrounds on the Flintstones were supposed to look like stone, so they used sponge, a lot of sponge work. A lot of people who came from Disney who had just worked on Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, there's a lot of that in the texturing there. You wouldn't think that you'd put Sleeping Beauty and the Flintstones together. But there was a lot of that same kind of thing. So uh, it's, it's an extraordinarily great thing to have 166 episodes in one package plus a lot of keen, cool extras. So this is the original Flintstones from the early 1960s, which I, if I recall, premiered either in 60 or 61. So this would be the 60th anniversary of the premiere of the Flintstones. So the entire original series is now available on Blu-ray, correct? Yes. The series had been available on DVD in its complete form for several years. And this is the first time that the entire series has been on Blu-ray. And in addition, there are special features, uh, most of which have already been on the previous issues, uh, including one that kind of got slipped in there. There's a gentleman named Earl Kress, who we lost tragically um, several years ago, who was probably the preeminent authority on Hanna-Barbera. He worked there, and he put together a lot of the CDs and DVDs in the 90s, including many of these sets. And he got the golden LP on the uh, one of the seasons, and it's in this set. So one of the extras is actually the LP record, Songs of the Flintstones. Oh, wow. And I think it's, I think it's from his collection. Uh, Songs of the Flintstones is historically significant because Meet the Flintstones was not the theme song the first season, and a few episodes into the second season, it was something called Rise and Shine. You know, da, 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 da. Uh, the original theme was unearthed uh, in the 90s, I believe, and was restored to the show because in syndication, they just put Meet the Flintstones on all of them. But originally, it was this instrumental with Fred going home and picking up his dry cleaning and all this stuff. That was the theme for the entire first season. But in 1961... Hanna-Barbera made a golden LP with the original cast and a background piece of music that was the Flintstone melody, which from the very beginning was a piece of background music, was given lyrics because Bill Hanna and Hoyt Curtin, who was the musical director, worked on almost every theme. And Joe Barbera sort of oversaw that too, but it was mostly Bill Hanna and um, Hoyt Curtin. They made that theme. Now, Rise and Shine is also on the album with lyrics. The entire cast sings both of those songs. So by 1961, they, uh, they started incorporating the theme song. In, but you'll notice on the uh, second season that it doesn't start right away. It starts further in to the second season. Uh, because it's very confusing as to when the shows ran, as to when they were produced. They don't necessarily run in the actual order in which they were actually made. The first episode is the Flintstone Flyer. 
but actually the first one that was produced was the swimming pool, which it was born out of the test film, which Barbera was chopping around to get sponsors and networks interested. And that film is also included on the set. And what's interesting about that is it's only a few minutes long and some of the voices are different. Uh, Fred's voice and Wilma and Betty have different voices, but they were recast. Uh, Barney's, uh, well, Barney's voice is different. Wilma's the only voice that's the same. And so that's kind of interesting to see as well. So there's a lot of really neat extras on there. You can see how the show evolved. How every season they, they, they wanted to add something new to keep the show fresh and to keep the writers having something to write about so it didn't get uh, stale. So the birth of Pebbles came along and that was a result of originally they had a, a little boy um, in the original test, not an original test, but in the original concept, there was a, there were cave kids and there was a little Fred Jr. And in some storybooks he appears, but he wasn't in the concept of the show as it turned out. Pebbles came along and it, Pebbles was actually going to be a boy, but then the ideal toy company, I believe said, well, you know, more, more female dolls sell. So, Joe Barbera, who famously would say in a uh, business meeting, did I say it was a boy? No. <laughs> you know, it's like and he, when he went to the networks and he said, did I say it was a moose? It's a cow. Yeah. You know, get the sale, you know. Make, make, make the sale first, whether the concept, you know, matched what ended up on the year. Oh, that, did, that didn't work. matter. That didn't matter. That was part of the delightful fun of some of their series, especially in the 70s, because he'd walk back to the studio and say, here's what I sold. Now go figure out a way to make it. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and it would just be, you know, Top Cat was actually sold on the basis of some key art. Uh, one of the executives said, I like this uh, character, you know, tell me about it. And it was like, kaboom, it sold. There really wasn't that much more to it. That's how sometimes these things happen. Uh, you never know. You just never know. But in the case of Pebbles, it was a smart move because the Pebbles dolls were extremely popular. And then uh, Pebble, and then Bam Bam came along, and he was adopted by the Rubbles. And that's a very touching episode. The Flintstones, the complete series, available on Blu-ray, wide release through Warner Brothers Home Video. Greg will be back at the end of our second hour to talk some more about the Flintstones, among other things. We'll talk about the 1966 feature motion picture, A Man Called Flintstone. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll take a quick time out. Then Don Zale Abernathy will join us. We come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Linda Day George. Diane Cannon. Donna Mills. Richard Benjamin. Michael Bell. Joan Van Ark. Thank you so much, Joan. I, I really appreciate this. I hope we'll have a chance to chat again. Well, I hope so, too, and let me tell you, bravo to you, kudos, for doing your homework. That's all I got to say. Thank you, hugs. That's TV Confidential, every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. You can now purchase T-shirts, mugs, caps, hoodies, wall clocks, and other gifts with the TV Confidential logo from the official TV Confidential merchandise shop. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash merchandise or cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential, cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential. You can listen to this show all over again as a podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, TuneIn, 
Apple Podcast, and wherever podcasts are found. Best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the TV Confidential podcast, go to the homepage at televisionconfidential.com and click subscribe now. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.